everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Civ Show podcast. We suck, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Moisas. And I'm Nystagmus. And we're going to talk about, well, we're not going to talk about it, but hey, this is the last episode of season one of the Civ Show podcast. Uh, let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about last game first, and then let's talk about maybe what we want in season two. Uh, we're, we will be getting to that later, so feedback is appreciated if you're here on Twitch. Uh, we played Canada, our favorite civs. We played Canada versus Aztecs versus Germany, and the outcome of that game was not ideal, obviously, yeah. uh, for me or <laughs> for the you. two for the two people that are here right now. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a terrible outcome. Yeah, everybody, everybody can agree that the majority rules. Yeah, I. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah and um honestly though like all joking aside i um i thought i was i got off to a really good start that game i'm getting a little more comfortable with like arranging my armies and getting my civ up to up to speed i think i might transition to the mid game is where i kind of fall flat on my face um but the early game i think i've gotten down pat where i can adjust very easily um so i'm pretty happy with my game actually even though i ended up losing but know it's it's easier to win when you live on a continent all by yourself and just build wonders the entire time i know right like i, I imagine if i was on a continent all by myself i would have won oh wait i did when i wasn't on a continent all by myself crazy how that works the only person who didn't win when they're on a continent by themselves was me so that oh, well because you played a super military civ when you're on your own continent that's like unlucky and we didn't have that whole like you know score rule at the end yeah. of the score yeah so yeah that too you know that too uh so Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Shoot. Oh, this is embarrassing. Uh, well, what do you think was like the downturn for you? Because I know that, um, you know, I went to war with you. I kind of took, I let you, I took city state from you, right? Then I took the next two city states in on the, on the map. So you got one, I got three, right? And then we kind of settled into this piece, but I did notice that I continued to exceed you. And I just like, you had, you had more cities than I did. I think your cities were better placed than mine. Uh, in, in terms of like mountain ranges and stuff. So I think that's why you, part of the reason why you had more science. But I also didn't think I prioritized my build order very well. Like my opening was fine. I built a bunch of warriors, which I'm very surprised at you, the, the way you, you could handle those eagle warriors. And I think that was my fault of not building a single archer. So I'm curious what your opening build order was. And that was what I remembered. I was wanted to ask you that. Uh, but I just yeah I didn't trans I didn't transition very well into the into the mid game I you know I was building a bunch of workers to get my districts up but my districts weren't taking that long so like my production was good enough where I didn't need those workers and I, I don't know like I I'm I'm disappointed in in that game for myself for sure because like I felt like I was doing okay and I was for a while and then suddenly you're you just like skyrocketed up and i'm like where the heck did this come from and then i felt behind i fell behind and i couldn't catch up i don't think i had enough cities that was probably why so um and i know we don't have the map to pull up right here but um i noticed that you weren't that far away from me actually you were only maybe 15 20 tiles away from me and so my main goal was to get at least one city buffer between my capital and you so there was like a little spot with a river right next to the mountains there so i took it as the choke Okay. Um, that was my first city that I settled. So first city I settled there, then I settled another city uh, just north of my capital to uh, act as a springboard towards the city-states. Um, and then when you moved in on the second city-state, also the, the first thing I did the whole time, because uh, I knew about your Eagle Warrior thing, was the first five military units I built um, after the first warrior, and I researched archery, because I was like, I beelined it to archery, 
is I built five archers. Yeah. So, See, you 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 played that well. Ugh. Um, and so I got the archers in. Um, and then as soon as I I didn't really know how well your eagle warriors were going to do against my warriors. I thought maybe the archer warriors were good enough. As soon as I saw that I was having trouble with that, like even on that little kind of skirmish we had, I then beelined it to horsemen. Mm. I was like, if, if you're going to do that, then I'm going to do archer horsemen. Um, and so the uh, horsemen will just kind of stomp down. And they're actually a lot strong. Like when city states are, you know, not good and don't build walls and stuff, like they could take cities like pretty easily. I was pretty surprised. Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, and so I built five archers. I built two, like uh, two warriors in total. And then I built four horsemen. Those were my first like 10 military units. Because that early war between us, like I built a lot of military, right? Like I, I went up to like 500 strength within the first like 50 turns, right? So, and that, that just like, as soon as Zove figured out that, oh, I'm all by myself and these two guys are just going to like beat each other bloody on this other continent, I might as well just not build a military. Settler, settlers, yeah, settler, and just spam settlers. He, yeah, he had, man. he had more cities than both of us combined when we actually like decided to take matters to our own hands. So I did that. And as soon, as soon as we declared peace, I didn't even like skip a beat. All that army around that city state I took, I kept one archer there, built walls. And then all my army went and took the next two city states. So immediately I didn't, I didn't win. Yeah. Yeah. You, you played that well. Then, however, this is where I think you made the mistake. And maybe we kind of both own this mistake. You sent units, like poor units to his south to try to distract him. That's what you told me, I think, to try to send units back. The distraction was, it failed miserably because he killed you with just like a walls. He didn't even need to bring any units back, right? There, no, like, he brought units, units back, he did. But he did? the reason why I did it was, it was, I was, it was inevitable anyway. I was broke and there were all my archers that I haven't upgraded yet. So it didn't matter. Um, they were either going to, suicide themselves where i sent them otherwise or they were gonna suicide somewhere else so i just wanted him to split his army to slow him down that was like the goal yeah he didn't, him, he didn't split scared. his army he did not split his army at all i think he built like a something in this city closest to you and he just he just sent that one unit to kill all your units i don't think distraction tactics work like that unless it's a real army so if you attacked all your army there and i attacked all my army north that would have caused him trouble uh, to be to be honest like by that time, we were both shooting from the hip. We didn't really know what to do. Um, it, it took a lot longer to get guys there than I thought to get them to that continent. It was going to take like 20 turns. And so he had like way more time. What I should have done was move all my army just off the coast outside his fog of war, then denounce him and then wait the exact five turns. And then my entire army just rush because he didn't know where I was going to attack from. Yeah, that could have been it. Or like have one unit like completely away to show him, like showing Right, just one unit, like a scout or something, and then just have all your units come from a different direction. That's another way you could do it. That's kind of like a distraction tactic in itself. Is like like you're showing one area with a yeah, scout. Yeah, you're right. Um, we should have probably like went for that Bradford city, but I just saw it as like this. I thought I saw this as weird beachhead because there were rocks there, and it was hard to get the people out of the sea. No, it was easy. I got in there really easily. Right? You could you you could have gone through the city state. I made then, that independent like decision. I was like, yeah. oh, that's kind of hard. So maybe he won't expect the other cities above. And then my goal was take those three cities right away, then take all the city-states. That's so much time though, man. 
I thought the city states would suck. I thought they wouldn't do a whole lot. But no, by that point of the game, they're really strong. Like, it's hard to take a city state at that point of the game. I know. I, I'm not saying I made the right decision here. I'm explaining why I came to the decision I did. So. Right, and I'm, and I'm saying, like, <laughs> okay, like, I, I understand that. I'm also just trying to give, like, feedback of, like, I don't think that would have worked. Yeah, and, and also, we just didn't communicate. That's like, we just, said, we just said attack, and, like, we just did our own thing. We didn't talk about it. We just, like... We're going off. I saw your units do one thing and I didn't like talk to you and ask you about it. Um, you saw my units doing a thing. We, you didn't ask me what I was doing about it. And so I think it was just like the whole, um, the way that the game plays out with the score, it's kind of a weird uh, way of like adjusting, right? Because generally speaking, there's not a time limit on when you play Civ. It's like how many turns do you get to? Right. So you get to like turn 250, then the score matters. Right. So you know how much time you have to count down. Whereas like, it's like a, it's for us, it's midnight and we don't know how long each turn's going to do. And honestly, I'm surprised that Zoe wasn't just like getting us mad by like purposely taking a long time on his turns. I think that's a poor, that's poor sportsmanship if he did hey, that. Hey, people, people are poor sports sometimes. <laughs> no, no, I would have called him out on that so fast. Are I know. You kidding I, I, me? I'm just saying like, um, it, it just, it creates a lot. And then when you do have to decode war, it, that slows the game down itself, right? Especially since the game didn't make it so that me and you were taking our turns in the same time. Yeah, that sucks. And so, yeah, it was just a bunch of things. It's a really weird kind of uh, um, dynamic. That's the word I was looking for. It's a weird dynamic at the end of the game where you're like, oh, I have to declare war on him or we're all going to like lose because there's no way we can catch up otherwise. So Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I, I do think we should have taken Bradford because it did have ancient walls at the time, uh, but I didn't have the frigates. And so... I didn't have the boats to get over there. I built Venetian Arsenal, but I didn't. I, then my mistake was I only had one coastal city, and I couldn't. I, I tried to build a harbor out of my capital, but I didn't have the population to build another district, and so I screwed that up. And I'm like, no, I could have helped so much more with boats, but I, I, I just couldn't get those boats out. So yeah, I built those frigates, which I learned frigates are actually really good against both ancient and medieval walls. Oh yeah, um, or at least they're okay against medieval <laughs> walls, but they're yeah, the dude, they're strong. Like coastal cities are always in danger from every single range. I learned of that when I played the um, when I played the uh, Dutch when I was practicing, I built like their special frigate that they have, and I took that. I took over cities with that by myself. Like two of them yeah, would take dude. if it if it only had ancient walls, it was done. So his top cities were were just they got demolished eventually, right? They they were so easy to take. Um, apart from the bombard, like just doing stupid damage to these boats, it's crazy. Um, ranged, ranged units do less damage to boats, but it, that's a siege unit, so it's not like ranged. Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? It makes sense. Like cannons would do full damage to a boat. Like that makes sense. Yeah, but field can. But why wouldn't a field cannon do as just as much damage, right? Because field like. Should be- yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you. Um, I think it's because it's it, it, like it's before, like in Civ Five. I think it was. It was. It was like a machine gunner, right? Yeah. That was the that instead of a field cannon, it was a machine gunner. So I, it's comparable to that, I guess. So like, think of it as bullets, like like Gatling bullets, I guess. Yeah, field cannons like generally use um, cannonballs that are quite small. They're about six inches in diameter, probably. Um, whereas bombards use like these massive like cannonballs, right? So maybe that's the reason, but, um, but yeah, field cannons and also field cannons would also use like, um, like their version of buckshot, which is like a bunch of small little balls you just put in there. Oh, 
that would be uh, why then? Because yeah, that wouldn't be effective against yeah. Goat. And the way that they work in real life is they would hit the ground in front. So you're trying to hit the ground in front of the army. So it hits the ground, hits the ground in front of the army, bounces on that first bounce, and then ricochets into the into the armies. Kind of like a fragmentation grenade, where it's like not the explosion that kills people, but it's just the the it's shrapnel. The shrapnel. From the, it's the shrapnel from the the casing. I think it is. It's nothing inside of it, is it? Is it or is it just no, the casing that kills? It, it just disintegrates because they're made out of lead, right? Right. So lead's like super malleable. Oh, okay. Right, and so. so like, it would it would disintegrate on impact because that's how that's how fast and field cannons. The whole idea is to try to get the the projectile at the highest possible velocity, and so that's how you like, yeah, like wartime during like 18th century when they used those field cannons and stuff. Because also it's just how the tactics worked, right? So back then the tactics were we're all going to just march onto a middle of a field and just walk up about 20 yards from each other and just shoot at each other until everyone's dead. Yeah, it was it was like lines, right? The British were like really good at the, the yeah, the musket men. That's where like that came from. How horrifying is that? That's like, okay, we're just going to walk up. You're going to be able to see <laughs> the guy. You can yell at them if you want. And they're just going to, okay, well, we're going to take our turn now. So we're all just going to shoot at you. And then when we're done shooting, you're going to take your turn to shoot at us. And then reload for 20 seconds. Hold on. <laughs> Shove it down there. Get the stick. <laughs> get it out. Get the gunpowder in there okay is it good yeah yeah it's good okay now we can shoot again <laughs> boom yeah, oh, like, i missed oh no let's do it all over again <laughs> but that's the reason why like uh, people like wonder like why because the muskets that they were using and, and things like that like, um the projectile wouldn't go very far without deflecting yeah no, no yeah it doesn't go very straight super inaccurate you had yeah. yeah you had to be super close to the person before it would be like effective that's why it was it was like dumb like th- just the way that the battles happened was just like this is like the dumbest way of to do battle ever because it just it maximizes casualties basically. It's really yeah, it, it, imagine being the front liner. Like, okay, I gotta be in the front of this line, and I'm gonna die. Like, you know, I'm gonna get shot. Like, it's pretty much guaranteed. If like, and then imagine like a freaking cannon, like a twenty. I don't know how heavy the cannonballs are, but it's like 20, 50 kilogram cannonball, like heavy, right? Yeah. Just coming at you. Yeah, that thing's not going to stop. You're not going to stop it. Your leg's going to freaking come off. <laughs> like, dude, that would be a terrifying uh, era to be a war with. Like, if you had to choose... Okay, here's a question. If you had to choose an era where you had to go to war, what era would you choose? It includes modern era. So that's such a loaded question because ideally don't want to ever go to war because war is always, like, horrible no matter what. Um, obviously. But you were you were enlisted, and you had to, you, but you can pick an era. The fourth dimension exists. You can pick any time period you want. What do you pick? That's a hard question to answer because like it's always horrifying in its own ways. Like I definitely wouldn't pick anything like from the had um, the first time when rifles were used or machine guns and stuff like that. So like yeah, yeah, definitely not. That's the worst period. And it's all horrible for different reasons, right? So like. Um, like World War One is horrible because if you're a front linesman on World War One, you get like thrown into a meat grinder. You jump out of the trench and you basically get mowed down by machine guns. Whereas you may not have that in like ancient warfare, but then the killing is so close, right? Like <laughs> that's true. You're you're in hand to hand combat, and then when you have like the, the 18th, 19th, all these um, centuries and stuff like that, you have to get really close to shoot at each other, and then even modern warfare. You can be like walking around and then something hit, like someone can 
kill you from like really far away. Or you get blown up by a landmine. I really don't think there's a right answer to that question. <laughs> okay. I wanted you to win so bad, dude. I'm like, okay, you deserve this. I'm like, I'm behind. I'm like, you you need this win. So that's why I tried to team up with you. Part of it was like, okay, like you deserve this. I'm like, you 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 should get it. You earned it. I don't think he earned that. He just built wonders. All he did was build wonders, which is a totally skewed way to get score. Like, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this out loud here. Um, I don't think if we were to score do this score thing continually, I don't think you should count great people and wonders because those two things are totally skewed and you can just you can snowball by just building one thing you build oracle you're getting a ton of great people nobody can catch up by building one wonder if you're alone on a if you're alone on a continent by yourself and you just spam wonders all game what is everyone else going to do everyone else is earning their keep here and all you're doing is building wonders because nobody can attack you and you're winning the game that's ridiculous it's completely ridiculous the other parts of the score is empire science Civics and era score. You can earn your era score, and he does earn his era score. He gets a ton of era score, and that's good for him. You know that could be his his like part of the game that he specializes in is his era score. And if he gets a high score because of that, good for him. I will applaud that. If you're building wonders, or if, in my case, like, even with the Congo, if you're building a ton of great people, I don't think that's a deserved win. He didn't think it was a deserved <laughs> win when I won his Congo. I don't think it's a deserved win when he when he won his Canada by building a ton of wonders. But hot take, that's just whatever I think. But no, <laughs> we can't do that over here. So like whatever, we're stuck in this in this well, it's endless kind of cycle like of the, score making the best of whatever we can do, right? Which is we got to end the game at some point. We can't keep on playing. I understand um, that. Yes. Right, so it's kind of imperfect, but at least, um, you know, the way that this is what Zoe came up with, and we'll wait for him to come by to chat about it with his uh, idea for yeah, how like, we're going to yeah. play the, for the review. On that uh, terrible note, uh, we're going to be taking a, a small break here, and then when we come back, we'll be ranking the civilizations that we just played on our infamous Civ Show tier list. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Civ Show podcast where we suck so you don't have to. Let's play the rank the civilization on the tier list game. Hooray! <laughs> um, so, for those audio listeners who are just listening to the soothing voices of Nystagmus and Moisos, let's give you a little bit of an update on the tier list, shall we? We have Grand Colombia on the S tier. We took down Germany because we're about to re-rank Germany, so we'll see where they go. But right now, Grand Columbia is the only S-tier civilization. In the A-tier, we have Maya, Macedonia, Japan, China, Arabia. And uh, rounding out for the B-tier here, we have Persia, the Ottomans, Brazil, the Mampuchi, Australia, and is that Congo? Congo. Okay, just making sure. Um, and then running our C tier, we have um, uh, Georgia and I that is Inca. Sure. Inca, sorry, <laughs> yeah, I'm so bad at the. It doesn't have the name next to it. Um, and then we have Chimer, uh, running out the D tier, along with Spain, uh, Georgia, and Scythia. Sorry, so it only says S. Doesn't have a picture there. Yeah, that S is Scythia because I didn't yeah. make the the picture for that one. Yeah, so that is what we have right now. I will start with Yaztecs. Uh, the Aztecs are my favorite civilization. I had somebody on Twitter mention me the other day 
that Aztecs was also there, quickly becoming their favorite. So I was uh, giving a shout out to the White Horse Huskies. Thank you, White Horse Huskies. I think the Aztecs are very good too. Uh, so the Aztecs are an incredible civilization in the early game. They are easily one of, if not the best in the ancient era, primarily because of the Eagle Warriors. But they also the fact that they can take enemies that they defeat and turn them into builders. So when you go to war with city-states, which is something that you want to do in the early game because you can either eliminate people right away or you can go to war with city-states. Obviously, in, in, in the scheme of the Civ show, I don't really want to eliminate anyone really early, so I go to war with the city-states. So I don't know what the chance is, but there's a chance that you can turn a defeated unit into a builder, and then you can use that builder to boost your district to get it 20% of its production finished instantly. That game, I built the pyramids as well to try to boost my builders even further. It paid off, but then it didn't at the same time. As I mentioned earlier, I, I think I just kind of built too many builders where they were ended up kind of being useless and they didn't they weren't needed in the districts because the districts were being done in four turns anyway. So like a charge for a worker ended up being just one turn for a district. So it just wasn't really worth it in the end in that sense. Um, but it, it, it's still a really good thing. I just don't think maybe Aztecs don't, I don't think they belong in the online speed because districts finish too quickly. And so I think that was where, where things went rocky for me a little bit. Mind you, that ability is normally very good. The, the ability that you can spend a worker charge to build 20% of a district, normally very good. Just an online, it, it, it struggled a little bit. Uh, their Eagle Warriors are fantastic. You, like you said, you were struggling when your warriors are up against them. The fact that they get a bonus for each luxury resource they have is kind of like a, eh. It's good early on to get like the plus one, plus two. Later on, it's like, okay, because you probably only have like three or four luxury resources. And the fact that we played a tiny map made it so that there's only a f really not a lot of different types of luxury resources on the map. So I think that was a little bit of a downfall there too. All that said, I know they're one of my favorite civilizations. Maybe it's only the online speed that affected this, but I'm going to have to rank these guys at a B tier because I was kind of disappointed with how that game played out. I thought I played well early on and it just kind of like I felt I fell apart. Like maybe your civs, your guys civs are just that much better and I didn't realize, but this civ fell apart in the mid game. I couldn't keep up. I don't think I did anything wrong. I just I couldn't match the production of Germany and the aloneness of Canada. I don't have anything against Canada. They're just alone. And so they could do whatever the heck they wanted. So uh, they're in the B tier for me. That's it. Hot take maybe, but B tier. Yeah, I can, I, I kind of agree with that. I don't have anything to, just how it went for you in that early part of the game where I took the city from you. That's probably just what stepped you back a little bit. It did, but then it didn't. Cause like I was still ahead of you in science for a majority of the game. And then suddenly you just shot up and like, I, that was it. It was over. I couldn't, I couldn't keep, I couldn't catch up after that. Um, also those two city states I took were like really well positioned for, for science. Like, and they also had campuses already. So <laughs> um, that's why I shot up. Cause I was just taking city states at that point. I mean, I'll re-rank them if we play them again. But they're in B tier for me right now. I, I, I think the I think the Aztecs are one of those civs that uh, a big part of their their goodness depends on like how far you get by the like the end of the classical era. 
Um, you you need to like sprint quickly. They're like uh, they remind me in a lot of ways of Gilgamesh and the Sumerians. Um, that they have to push their early advantage, conquer a bunch, uh, get a bunch of cities or, or city-states, uh, but then they are going to inevitably peter off, and it's about when, if the enemy, once the enemy gets swordsmen in that area, or even walls, um, so they have to move really, really quickly in the ancient and classical era, and then they leverage that advantage that they've now, they didn't have to build all these settlers and, you know, uh, they, they were able to put their production elsewhere. Maybe they captured a couple districts and that would allow them to become a, like in the medium game, uh, a player. But I, I don't know if that happened with you. If you were, uh, you know, while you had your Eagle warriors, how many cities you were able to take? I took one and then I, and then this thing was just crippled me. That was it. And like, I felt like that was so fast. I built literally eagle warrior eagle warrior like i didn't build a scout i didn't build a settler i built straight eagle warriors maybe that was my downfall not getting ranged but i built straight eagle warriors and they were obsolete before i can get even the second city state and was like wow this is crazy like it, I, I, like i said maybe it's just the online speed that really affected that you, you do get through eras a, uh, a lot faster yeah that is true um and and then like you just built eagle warriors, you didn't build scouts or anything. Like, no, I, did, I figured I didn't them. need to because I was just gonna build the eagle warriors and just go right. You were beside Germany as well. Uh, that's not helpful. Um, Germany is just all around militaristic sieve. Uh, like they start just having a bonus wild card, or sorry, a military card. Oh yeah, that you know, too. Yeah, there that, that means they're you know right away they're building their troops at fifty percent the rate. And they're still fighting barbarians well. So, or or they might even 50% the rate and minus one maintenance, you know, conscription. Um, uh, that's a pretty big advantage to have right away, to have on turn eight or, you know, whenever you get first government. Um, and I'm guessing you leverage that as Germany. So, yeah, I, I um, the when the game first started, I the only two red cards you have is the recon units get extra thing and then barbarians. And then as soon as I cleared up my barbarian encampments, and I was lucky too, I was right in the corner of the of the continent. There were no encampments near me. I cleared them out immediately. Like that's the very first thing I did. Um, and then I just switched up to lower maintenance, and then building the classical or fifty percent, you know, like fifty percent. And yeah. so I was building horsemen in under five turns. I was building archers in two turns, and um, like I told Moy, um, you know, earlier on in the podcast. What I did was took the two cities immediately towards the Aztecs um, um, from there, built walls on them. I built only two warriors. And then after that, I built five archers in, in a row. Perfect build against the Aztecs, honestly. So five archers in a row. And then I built five horsemen. They're a fan. It's a fan. They're a fantastic military sieve. And then plus the fact that you get a plus seven combat bonus against city states. You know, you're much better at fighting city states than Moy is. Uh, or the Aztecs are, right? Uh, Eagle Warrior or none. A plus seven for all your units. Um, yeah, that's that's two. So, like, Moy, you were going against... I don't know what you rated them. I, B. A, a I rated them save, in my opinion. I, no, not Aztecs, oh, the Germans. We, we haven't gotten there yet. Like, we haven't gotten there yet. So, yeah, that's, that's a good transition to Germany. So continue with what you what you did with Germany. So, with Germany... Um, um, again, my favorite civilization. So pow production powerhouse. Um, if I if I got work ethic, man, because I was trying to get that too, by the way, but I was too busy fighting you that I didn't get my religion first. 
Um, but if I got work ethic, I think I would have like just stomped everybody. Um, but, um, and so, you know, get that production bonus. I, I put those policy cards in place. What I did against Moy was as soon as I saw that he was the one next to me, I built an extra warrior. That was the very first thing. I built my first two cities closest to him as choke points. And then I just built all my rage units. Because if he was going to attack me, I wanted to be at least be able to defend. Then when I saw that he went for the city-states, I transitioned immediately to horsemen. So as soon as I saw my first warrior not do that great against the eagle warrior, which I didn't really expect it to, but <laughs> I thought maybe a composition of warrior archer would have done a good job, but it didn't. It didn't do a good enough job. Um, and so I just I, I was lucky. Iron was right next to me, and horses were right next to me. So I got the horses, got my horsemen, took the city-state from him. As soon as I took the city-state from him, I built walls there, left one archer there, and I didn't even miss a beat. My entire army went and took the other two city-states immediately. Didn't even didn't even wait. Um, and so as soon as I was able to get iron, I upgraded everything to swordsman, um, and that that would basically end his his um, his military advantage over me at that point. Um, and so took the two city-states and basically then just filled in the gaps between the city-states that I took and. I got up to my seven to eight city sweet spot that I like to get to. And I did that before we reached the medieval era. Um, and so I thought I was like, oh man, this is going really good for me. I was really excited. Um, and then your score just like Canada score just like, like shot up past mine. Um, and so um, I thought I was like doing uh, really good with that. But with Germany, same thing. As soon as I, uh, if you plan your cities out properly. So what I was doing with Germany was, um, and I, I did a way better job at this time around because I'm better at the game now, but um, I would build basically campus, holy site, commercial district. I get that one extra district. So when I could build the Hansa, as soon as I did that, I would put the Hansa in between those districts, right? Because you get the bonus for that. So every one of my Hansas I built had a plus four or higher adjacency bonus. Um, and so my production actually was pretty high. If I got work ethic, that would have been like OP as crap. Like that would have been like all my city, like you were saying like your cities were like 40, 50. My cities would have been in the seventies or eighties easily if I had work ethic, um, just because my hands were like overpowered to begin with. But the military, extra military card, I was building military units really quickly. I got up to 500 strength probably, you know, by the time I took the two city states, cause I just kept pumping out horsemen. I was building them in like four turns, three turns. So the thing that actually limited me more for building horsemen was the fact that I couldn't um, stockpile enough horses fast enough. Mm. Uh, yeah. Right. So I actually had to stop building them, not because I was, it was taking too many turns, it was because when they were completing, I was going through my stockpile of horses. Uh, and so that was actually the, 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 the bottleneck I hit. Um, and so uh, I still rank Germany as S tier. I agree. Um, just I can't, I don't, I don't see any reason why not to knock them off that off their um s tier uh uh thrown there i'm with you man like they're they're a powerhouse like they're so good that the extra military like policy card i think it's just like that, that little sweet bonus to get them to that last s tier I, I i think that would make makes them the s tier like all right everything's good but if they didn't have that i'd probably put them a and at the spawn locations like i thought like maybe like god help both of you if i was in lorenzo's position or zoe's position instead because he was with six city states. I would have just absorbed all of them. Yeah, same, same with me. I would, have, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I would just absorb all of them. I, I didn't have to build settlers because <laughs> I'm just going to get city states. Um, it's just like you know the extra district, the extra policy card, 
plus seven against city states. You don't even have to worry about their special unit to make them powerful. Like, I don't think I, even if we got into the modern era, I don't think I would have built a single U-boat. Like, I don't think I would have needed to. So, cool. Um, so let's move on to the, you, Canada, winner. Canada. Mr. Canada. Mr. Did, did, were they, were they Wondrous in that game? winner. They yeah. were. They were in that game. Hey, I, uh, I was in that game from the beginning. Um, so I think I played Canada very, very well. Um, and uh, especially playing up the new mechanics. My The biggest one was work ethic. I beelined to a religion. Um, as soon as I could, I got theology so that um, I could take scripture and scripture is plus 100% adjacency bonus. So I had all of my holy sites were producing between plus 10, uh, plus eight and plus 10 production. All of them can plus I, the same amount of faith. Can I just. Yeah. Qu- so I learned this the other day. If you pillage a holy site w- with work ethic, that bonus doesn't come back. It's gone. Oh, no? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if that's a balance or a bug, but just FYI. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Cause I, so I also took as Canada, um, you, you know, you anticipate you're going to start beside Tundra. In almost every game I'm Canada, I, I start beside Tundra. And I really started, I had 13 tiles of Tundra. So I totally took the Aurora um, Pantheon which gave you the uh, the bonus for each adjacent. And my, like my holy site had, I had one that had five, another one that had six. Um, I had, most of them were between four, four and five. And I had one that was a full six. Um, so right off the bat, that bonus ends up with scripture getting doubled again when you add the, the work ethic. And you, it's just a ridiculous amount of production to have um, with your holy sites that are also making faith. So I very heavily endorsed religion. All of my cities, that was the first district they made. Before I even a campus, they made a holy site. I did make a mistake. I took uh, the the belief that gives, gives you the pagoda when I meant to do the uh, colonization, the religious colonization. Um, which just spreads the religion faster. So I, it slowed me down a little bit to to get some of my uh, bonuses, uh, but it worked out fine. My problem with Canada was I overexpanded. Um, I had too many cities, and and it wasn't so much that was a bad thing, but it was more it was a logistical <laughs> nightmare, trouble, like nightmare, <laughs> like running all of this. Um, because I started with six city states, I right away I went and got the uh, Apodora or whatever it's called, the one that whenever Apodana, you build a yeah. Apodia, the one that whenever you build a wonder, you get two envoys. Because, um, yeah, I wasn't conquering mine. I had some good city states nearby, um, like the one that gives you uh, Geneva, you know, plus 15 percent science if you're not at war. Awesome. Uh, plus two culture for all your cities and then plus, I think, two percent or something like that for your entire for, empire for every great for person you earn yeah something like all of them were so just crazy. great like that yeah uh, so i did my best and, te- and then you guys came and, and were able to corrupt two of them which was annoying um i i don't know i uh you know i i, I sprinted for a religious victory that i i was pretty sure i wasn't going to be able to get um but i know that because of that first five rounds i have five rounds to convert all your cities right 
Um, and I just, I didn't get enough. I didn't get enough. And I, and I was met with more religious resistance than I thought I was going to meet. Um, because as I was coming ashore to you guys, I was noticing that, you know, I didn't see, I had, there were cities that didn't have faith and, and I knew what I was doing and I knew you would see it right away. And I knew that I had to ignore you and just say whatever. It's like, no, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Scouting. Um, so I didn't, I did not claim the religious victory that would have been great. I get that you guys, you know, you came for my score. I think it would have been awesome if Germany just outright conquered the Aztecs. I don't know. You guys coming like it was cool because obviously you put me back. You took, you took my one city Kingston. Um, however, I was gearing towards the being able to buy units with faith. Uh, and then switching to theocracy, which I did. Um, so all of my units were 15% cheaper. And then I, I took like civics to, I went oh, on a holy crusade, right? Um, so my power went from like, I think at one point, like 600 to like 1200. 1200 yeah, you doubled turn. it, yeah. Um, and and it, and it was just, and because I was accumulating um, 150 faith a turn, like I'm able to buy um, some good military units. So we were on par military wise. Our sciences actually weren't that far apart. Um, I had flight. I think you guys had flight, but I had flight on my territory. So I was going to start producing planes to hit you as you're, as you're slowly advancing. I think I would have pushed you back. Um, I think like, it's not that I had one city that I had a high production. Like I had like six cities that had like a 40 production. Um, so I was pumping, I, once I went full military, I was pumping out units. Um, so your little incursion, you probably would have gone and Guelph to Guelph. Um, and that's fine. Those three cities were awesome for me that, that you guys cared enough to put all your re I was like, what are you doing? Oh, like, they're not worth any points. <laughs> like you two should, if you were going to come to war with me, you should have gone after Montreal it had wonders. It was not that well protected. Uh, it was close. It, it had. Uh, it, I ended up. All of my cities had at least medieval walls that were in the. I don't even think it had floor. walls. Uh, it might have not had walls when you first came over, but like I, I built uh, military. I built uh, medieval walls. Um, but yeah, you ended up going for city states and the north, and I'm like, all right, that's fine. Um, so you, you know, you, you got to realize that you're looking to deprive me of points and then sure, if you want to raise the city, go for it, uh, but, or, or keep it and get some wonder points, you know? Um, so yeah, I think you guys made an error there. Um, but I, I held out, we, we gave you an extra 30 minutes, uh, and I think I was still a good 300 points ahead of the, the, the closest to me. Think about, we had two hours of war, and we, we took one city. You took one city. Um, Bur we burned one city. You That's burned one city, that was <laughs> all you hours. were able to do. Well, the, the force you initially brought wasn't uh, super strong, uh, and Germany's, I think, was a little misplaced. He had, he, like, he ended up having uh, quite a bit. Uh, I think, though, if you had focused your efforts in central Canada instead of northern Canada, it would have been a different outcome, but... You know, hindsight, hindsight. Uh, either way, I love Canada. I think the Civ Wiki has to be upgraded because uh, the, the the original writer for that does not paint them in a good light. Uh, I think now Canada is like, especially with uh, work ethic or because Canada is also 
it's a culture sieve, right? So you can go for wonders and, and tourism and what have you and diplomacy if you want, or, you know, you can go the culture route um, and they have, uh, you know, you can take the belief that your intrinsic value uh, for um, uh, your, your, your holy sites is for, is for culture. So there's one that work ethic is for production, but there's another one that's for culture. So they could easily, just as easily take that. And instead of having 10 production, you know, my holy sites now producing an additional 10 culture. And that's a bunch of holy sites. So they, they very, they can do that and become a cultural powerhouse as well. But that's utilizing their tundra ability, knowing that they can statically rely that they'll always start near tundra. And if you take the Aurora, you're getting the adjacency bonus for each tundra tile. So now your uh, your holy sites become this amazing tool for the things that Canada's great at, which is uh, they're good at culture and they're good at diplomacy victory, uh, both of which you like wonders and you like great people um, and you like things that make culture. Right. Uh, and then add that that you get ice rinks, you know, so eventually I. I would have been that would have been interesting to see if I'd done that and said uh, go go for culture instead of production, um, but either way uh, you gotta leverage Canada's tundra, take advantage of it, have some big powerhouse production com- um, cities going, um, and uh, I think Canada and religion are now like you gotta go for it you 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 need to go for it. I feel like eventually we'll get a rank out of you. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to maintain Canada as a, in my mind, as a B, B tier sieve. Uh, uh, I, I love them. I love them, but they do have uh, their units not that great. The Mounties kind of silly. Their abilities are nowhere near as, say, awesome as the Germans. So <laughs> a B. I, I thought you were going to rank them at A, and I was ready to, I was so ready to be like, they're not an A tier no, sieve. They're not A tier. So I'm like, okay, B tier, I'm like, okay. That's what I put them in my mind, too. So I'm like, okay. You know what would make them A tier? If they were immune to blizzards. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't not. know if that make them A. If they just had a better unit that wasn't just like a better national parks. I think my what biggest, the hell is that? yeah, my biggest criticism with Canada, and I think if we looked at the other ones, I'm just, I don't know if the other sieves are as stereotypical as Canada. I think like, and it maybe just because is a, a Canadian. So I'm curious, like, you know, you could take this to the community. You know, you if you live in France, how do you feel the French civilization represents That's France? A good you know, question. Um, That's a and good question. and as a Canadian, I think that they really overdid it with uh, the stereotypes. Like even when you meet uh, Laurier, one of the greetings is, um, you know, have some um, some maple syrup, uh, a wool blanket. <laughs> And uh, uh, the famous Canadian headgear, the toque, you know, that's pretty hardcore stereotype Canadian. And then, yeah, the Mountie, uh, the, the RCMP is a police unit. <laughs> so um, and w- why do they get a military unit? Like, give us the Avro Arrow. You know, if you're going to have something like make it that the Avro Arrow, it's still an interesting, it's a defensive thing. All right. But give us the Avro or give us. Um, you know, give us a peacekeeper. Okay, give us some kind of well, peacekeeper. So an infantry it, unit. Give us the Avril Arrow, then you have to cancel its production halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> but like, still, like uh, often in Civ, when you when you look at the unit, okay, like uh, the, when you look at their special units, when you look at their special, special buildings, it's usually hyperbole. Okay, uh, it's usually like you know, usually a civilization might have had like one of these things. Right. Like I think the Ottomans was an example of that. Their special 
trade building, um, they had one in their empire, right? Like, and it was called that. Uh, and it was this hub for commerce, right? And they, well, in that, you can build all, all, a whole I, bunch I, of them. That one makes sense to me a little bit more, though. It, yeah, like, maybe like, a one it represents a bit. But either way, so Canada's hockey rinks are very, very stereotypical Canadian. The Mountie is very, very stereotypical. And even their unit, like, they make national parks and they can protect them. They're like Yogi Bear Ranger. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, the... Um, I, 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 do I would think be that like it, super, I wouldn't be surprised if like the name of the Mountie, when you built it was like Dudley do right. Right. Like, you know, you know, like when you that. build your special unit, that special, like that, like, um, that drawing, pop, that, yeah, unit. that drawing pops up and it's like, you get an error yeah. score or whatever. And it's like Dudley do right or something like that. Or like, like, um, I, I agree with you. I think almost everything that Canada does is like in the game is something that's like when people think like if you go to somewhere in Europe, hey man, when you think of Canada, what do you think of? Anyway, maple syrup, beavers, moose, <laughs> some guy in a Igloos, red, like why, did, right? why wasn't <laughs> our special building the, the igloo, you know? Um, and so I, I agree with you that very much like you're looking at it going, this is like if South Park made the civilization in the game, right? Like, yeah, why didn't why didn't our mouths like completely <laughs> detach from our head too? Like, why not? Right. I I think the one thing I definitely agree with with the with the Civ Wiki with what that editor wrote about Canada is that one of the problems with Canada is it it it's a a, a northern tundra state, but it really its bonuses don't make it any much better at surviving in the tundra. Like, yeah, you can farm that plus one food. It, it, it's, it doesn't give you the feel of, of a, 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 a nation that thrives in the winter, uh, in, in the snow. Uh, I think they, they could have modified something, a little more food. Um, I don't know, maybe a population bonus for, for Tundra or housing even. Like even if it was something small like farms built on Tundra get, you know, a, the full plus one housing. I don't know. Um, they don't make them that they survive any better. It's just they get a little extra production. So, so I want to make a comment. Someone from the chat, his name is My Soft Hands, said Canada has the best military defense. Anyways, it's called the United States. <laughs> Which is hilarious. I think you mentioned more that if you put like real Star Earth and watch the AI play each other. Canada wins a lot because Teddy Roosevelt doesn't fight Canada because he's like best friends with him because he's on his continent. And so Canada just like grows really big and no one stops them because their neighbor doesn't do anything about it. But I, I want to comment that in history, United States tried to capture Canada many times and failed and instead got their White House burned to the ground. <laughs> so Q, Q War of 1812 by uh, Arrogant Worms or head in the duffel bag. To be fair, though, yeah, take the that. Wasn't Canada yet? <laughs> wasn't Canada yet? It was. It was still the British it Empire. The, it was. Still yeah, the it British, was the British yes. Empire. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. And even if it was like probably today's age, we'd get friggin' would wiped been, off the earth. So it like, would have you know. been colonial, uh, colonial Canadian soldiers. You know. You know, you know what's hilarious military. about the Treaty of Paris that ended the War of eighteen twelve is that it's stuff that gave America a massive advantage back then, but now it gave us a massive advantage. So you have to remember, like back in 1812, British Empire was still the biggest empire, most powerful empire on the planet. The Americans wasn't the powerhouse it was now. So one of the, the articles of the Treaty of Paris that's still 
in effect today is the Great Lakes are demilitarized, mm. right? Which was a huge win for the United States back then because that meant no no Royal Navy ships could be in the Great Lakes. And now that, that, that that's actually to our advantage now, because like <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine that'd be crazy. Uh, and you're and it's interesting because yeah, like the Great Lakes, these huge bodies of water. Yeah, they're not. Um, there's there's no military vessels. I wouldn't that be. I don't know. Wouldn't that make you uncomfortable <laughs> if there were? <laughs> oh my gosh! Looking out at like Lake Ontario across from the nuclear power plant, be like, oh, there's like a massive battleship there. I hope they don't shoot anything over in this direction, yeah. or we'd all get screwed. <laughs> oh look, it's the USS Nimitz, the uh, Nimitz class aircraft carrier that's just hanging out in Lake Ontario. <laughs> we're gonna go on a small break we'll be back in about five minutes uh during the next section here we usually talk about what's going to happen next week however we are taking a break next week because it is the end of season one and we're going to take a week off and just enjoy the week off um but what we're going to be talking about instead is things to expect in season two there's going to be huge improvements there's going to be a lot of new plans and a special message to the community also at in section three so stay tuned for that and we'll be right back in a bit welcome back to the civ show podcast we suck so you don't have to let's talk about and look back on season one and what we have planned for season two. So I'm gonna raise the question to both of you. If you guys need some time, I understand, and I will start with this, just let me know. Let's talk about your favorite moments of season one Civ show. I think I have a pretty good answer for this, actually. Like, That's, all right, let's I, hear it. It's like a string of moments of, I was the novice coming into this. I'm the one who everyone kind of handled with baby hands and, Eventually, they they let me kind of grow into my own. You know, settlers were stolen, lies were told. Um, but but one of my favorite moments is basically when people clip me saying, when they're like, "Oh, I thought you were building that military for defense." I'm like, yeah, I lied. <laughs> Just attack. <laughs> um, and so, and I like how, yeah, and I like how that whole settler being stolen thing has been like because I I think it's happened to me like three times um, so far. A barbarian stole a settler. Zol stole a settler for me. Um, and then I think another barbarian stole another barbarian, yeah, another barbarian <laughs> stole, stole um, Three games in a row, man. <laughs> you think you'd learn that eventually you should protect your settlers. Protect your settlers. Yeah? That's my favorite moment. Protect, protect your, your settlers. settlers. Yeah. At least with Germany, you just captured city-states. You didn't even have to protect your settlers this time. So, yeah, look at you. Who okay. needs settlers when there's city-states? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't need to build settlers. So, what's your favorite uh, moment uh, in season uh, one? favorite moment there's so many um i i think i recall a war that moy declared that he i totally turned it on him and it was ter terribly timed war it was just oh. as I, a bunch of stuff was coming online and and i loved it i love that he I'm, I'm trying to recall this specific game mapuche um, versus inca that's right Mapuche. yes uh, Mapuche versus the Inca during the golden age and, uh, <laughs> yeah, the golden I, and age, he was yeah. in a golden age and it was just everything was it was everything was perfect for me and everything was like totally the a mistake for Moy. Oh, uh, super and, mistake. Uh, and like just knowing it just like no like when I saw the declare war I'm like oh my god you just made a really big mistake 
especially because I was gearing towards war myself, um, but I got I got uh, the defense. Uh, I think he also triggered a, an inspiration for me by declaring war on me, uh, which helped me with something I needed, which was building my city walls faster. Um, so yeah, that was beautiful. And I think the, my other favorite was I. I think I played China like perfectly when I got. Yeah, China. that was a perfect. That was a perfect I like game. it was, was a perfect. perfect China like did everything in the right order, and I was very, 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 very proud of uh, of that game. Um, so those were a couple big highlights for me. So my favorite moment, similar, where it's a war between me and Zoe. <laughs> um, I guess I have two. One was the defense against Grand Colombia. I thought that was a very underrated moment in the show that I was super, super proud of, and I still lost that game because <laughs> whatever. Um, but I was proud of that defense. This the my favorite moment though. The that what first thing that came to mind was when we played the first time we played the archipelago map, and it was Battle of the Boats, and I declared war on you. You're like, yeah, I'm so ready, and you surrounded one of my boats with all of your unique frigates, and then I showed up with this massive navy, and you were so I was so taken defeated. Aback. I was like, so oh I was so <laughs> defeated. Oh, it was so devastating. And the sea dogs came in, capturing all of these boats. Oh my god! I think gosh. I was Dido. You, you were, you were Indonesia. You were Indonesia. Or Indonesia. I was. I thought I was so ready, and and it was such a devastating, overwhelming defeat. Uh, I remember that feeling. It's that's what you're going for, right? It's always you're trying to elicit that feeling in your opponent. Yeah. It's like taking Nystagmus' settler. <laughs> you know, you know it's gonna really demoralize him. Like he's gonna I'm giving up. I I can't I've seen the entire outline of the game now. That one settler was, was truly pinnacle. Like it's done. It's it's over I'll play guys. I'm just saying it's over. Oh, it was so good. Uh, those are some some really good moments. Uh, if you guys have a favorite moment in the Civ show, please let us know in our Discord. It'll be in the show, show notes on Spotify. Well, if you got a favorite moment, you should meme it and, and send it to us on the Discord. <laughs> 100%. So and the next thing I kind of want to talk about is the progression and how you guys feel, you two in particular, the progression of the start of our journey of the Civ show versus where we are now. So if you're catching us when you're new, we started with just the Sunday show. We started with absolutely zero viewers and zero marketing, no advertising, nothing, just absolutely nothing. And we progressed into a more script, not scripted, sorry. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like more presentable show where we have the intros, we have all these animations on the screen. Structure. More structure. structure, yeah, more structure. And then we now we have this podcast as well on Spotify, and now we have over a hundred followers on both Twitter and Twitch. Uh, so I just like how how has this journey been for you guys, uh, in particular? Who I, so I normally like I streamed every day, um, a couple years ago, right? So like this is I've I've been on this journey. So but how, I wonder how it feels for you guys to be on this journey. How does it feel to to be where you are now? To be where we are now. Well, I'm kind of like new to the streaming game, right? Like I, you know, I, I watch streamers and stuff like that. I've never taken the plunge, I guess. So it's been kind of exciting. Um, like built like that. It's not even so much like the viewership, like, um, that we're getting. It's more like also the community we're building on the discord as well. That, that's my favorite. Um, thing, yeah. and so that's the kind of, because that's going on 
like continuously, right? Like I keep getting messages all the time. People are, um, and even really cool part is when people are meeting and talking about it on the discord without us being involved, right? Like, um, coming in there sharing tips or like, Hey, this funny thing happened. Like they're starting like the screenshots saying, Hey, this funny thing happened in a game I just played today or something like that. That's been like the really cool part for me, um, as a community, um, kind of fostering and, and, um, and cultivating that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a really good one. Um, the community definitely has kind of taken me by surprise, I guess. Like I, I thought, you know, civilization was a really small community and it is a small community, but people are really nice here. I've never, I have not, I've yet to meet somebody I don't like, or even I think is mean. I've yet to meet somebody who's just mean in this community. Everybody's been super friendly from the CPL down to... Uh, just even like personal streamers who stream Civ Six every day. Everybody's been incredibly Civilization nice. is a gentleman's game. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, well, I'd I'd say as opposed to a gentleman's game, uh, I'd say it's a it's a game that requires dedication and patience and passion uh, to to stay connected to uh, a medium for for four, eight, twelve more hours. Sometimes you know if you're especially if you're playing a larger map. Uh, you know, we've probably all had that one huge map marathon speed, you know, let's go, uh, it's a three, <laughs> three years later, I've almost got it, I swear. Um, but it, it, the, the game itself requires a certain temperance of, for gaming. Um, and, uh, I think that, that's why I'm actually not surprised that a lot, we've met so many awesome people. Um, if you love Civ, um, I think generally you're just going to have those traits of patience and, uh, you know, uh, having a very good attention span. Uh, you know, every game is a story. I've always seen it that way. Every game's a story, right? Uh, and that's why you you live it. And now we're all living it together, and you guys are able to tune in, and you can sort of see how we we have we're telling a story here too. Um, you know, I think um, I, I I love how far we've come. I I feel like we've made promises and we've kept them. Uh, you know, when when this all started, you know, this was a transition from some other things that, that me and Moy used to do that, that, you know, wasn't really working exactly how we saw it. And and then doing this, this is what, Moy, I'd like, this is what we saw, right? This is what, this is, this, part the, of the, the story, it's, part to, of the picture. it's a, it's it's a critical part. It's not where I want it to be yet. It's a, well, well I'm, obviously, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not there yet. Uh, but we promised, for instance, that the season would be we'd, we would play every sieve. So that was a way that we knew that. We didn't know anything. We weren't sure what rules we're going to use, formats we're going to use. We weren't sure, but we did know, okay, we'll play every sieve once um, so that we can rate them or something like that. So we kept that promise. I really love that we played with our community. Um, and that, that came out a, of a that promise. Was that was a promise. We said, I think in one of the sessions, we're like, you know what, guys, we promise we'll We'll get a game with the community together before the end of June, and we did that, mm-hmm. and that was fun. And I and that uh, open is going to open up some possibilities. Um, Model of uh, season one could be promises made, promises kept. Promises made, promises. I, and I and I do feel <laughs> that we've all gotten better, um, and you know, and it's through challenging each other. Like I know we rag on Moy. Oh, you're just so good, Moy. <laughs> um, but Moy, I think it is that that there's certain components of the game he he's already mastered. Uh, and now we're catching up. And I think there's components that we're bringing to the game that Moy's seeing like, oh, okay, I think I could, 
replicate that. Uh, money. So we're like, mo- money. Yeah. I think yeah. So we're you know the this small pool of individual talent that is challenging each other. Uh, and 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 helping each other grow. Nystagnus has come a very long way. He's almost ready to win a game, um, you know. So that that's going to be really that was exciting. Like the, the subtlest I thought, shot. I thought I, I thought I had it. Like last week, I'm like I'm like I, that war with Moy went so well. I was like, this is this is my moment. I have to seize it, and I didn't. So I'm coming. I'm coming on strong in season two, man. Just wait for it. <laughs> and, and yeah, and I and I do love how engaged the community is. Um, and you know, and we tried different things out. Like we were doing Facebook stuff, and I don't. I think Twitter and Discord are like a, a very good mix. Um, I I love Discord. Uh, you know, I use it for the Third Realm, and and exactly what Nystagnus pointed to. The community ends up supporting each other and helping each other and befriending each other and knowing each other. Uh, and that's, you know, that, that's so lovely. Uh, so I love that uh, something warm is growing here. We have, uh, we do, we have so much more to do. I think that's actually one of my biggest fears is that I have all these other projects and I'm like, oh, this one's working though. Um, and it makes me feel guilty when I'm, when I'm putting uh, more energy than maybe elsewhere. Um, but uh, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a good chemistry here, I think. And um you know, I commend Moy. Without Moy, uh, the Civ show wouldn't be what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he is our uh, our technical brain. Uh, me and Nystagnus are not computer people. Okay, no, you guys uh, are not. Yeah, we're, <laughs> hey, I don't uh, think we, I'm that bad. we pull. Well, you're. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're slightly you're better than as, me. You're not as bad um, as raising those. Okay. okay. Um, you know, tech's not my thing. I'm. I'm always up for learning, but without. Um, you know, without Moy, uh, you know, it, it's very seamless, and uh, you know, I think that's the Moy Sauce's greatest dedication. To this is that he makes it all seem easy, uh, but it's seamless how the technology flows together and how everything looks. Uh, and there's so much more to come. Like, it's exciting. And because I like to spoil things, I can't talk about everything. But I think season two is going to be great. I think you guys are going to love the things that are going to that we're going to be putting together. Let's talk about no. Let's talk about some of the plans we have for season two. What do you have planned? I know you have some huge plan for this next game, right? Let's. Like why don't we weeks. open with that? Let's open with the next game format because yeah. I, I think you guys liked this. So I have I I love this term King of the Hill and I have these other games Magic I play uh, Magic Gathering we have a form of King of the Hill and the main theme with King of the Hill is that the winner has to stay on the hill so the winner has to they 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 slam their flag in the ground and they say bring it on world okay uh, so that's a critical component for King of the Hill so if you win a game you gotta stay as king you have you must choose the same person that you were. So in this case, I'd be Canada again. So that's one component of King of the Hill. Now for this, we're going to say that this uh, this selection of Civ doesn't count for anything for season two. And I'm going to say that's the same for my opponents. Whatever they choose doesn't count for You can choose it. You want to be Germany again, you can go ahead and be Germany again. Okay. <laughs> so I'm on the hill. I've won the game. You guys each want to win the game too. So we're going we're gonna to play a game like that. But here's the catch. We're going to start it in the approximate era that we finished this game, okay? So King of the Hill can only be chosen when you win a score victory at midnight. So this is a special rule for King of the Hill. You can only choose it if you won, 
score victory at midnight, you may cha- say, I'm going to be king of the hill. And the game will start approximately the industrial era. I'm going to be Canada, which is just who the king is. They're going to be whoever they want. And the idea is it's almost like a soft continuation. Okay. Yeah, where, that's what I like about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a software like you could say, well, why don't we just, you know, just continue the games? Like, no, 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 because I, th- this attack by midnight is fantastic. I think it'll make for much more exciting games moving forward. You know, around 10 o'clock, the fireworks are going to start as people try to capture score. All right. So I think that's a good thing. I think that's a healthy thing. Um, and those decisions you make, you know, they would totally change going into next week. You wouldn't even do it. If you knew there was another week, you probably wouldn't attack at all. So this yeah, is sort exactly. of a way of saying, no, still still do it. Try to, to take that score. But it's a soft continuation. So King of the Hill, I'm going to be the same one. They can be whatever they want. We're going to start in the industrial era. Um, and in this game, you still get settlers and stuff. It's just you're going to be at a later start with with different technology. You and, get more uh, settlers, I think, when the later. I the think game you, you get start. yeah. And and this and we've you know what I've never done late era start. I'm usually I'd be the one that's like never. Yeah, I love the ancient era. Um, but no, we're we're going to give this a go. So uh, Canada is still the king. So we're going to open the season where Canada and raising Zozo is the champion of justice, fending off these barbarians who are trying to uh, dissolve the peace of the land. and uh, you'll, But you'll have to tune in in two weeks to see uh, <laughs> how that turns out. And I'm hoping yeah. that becomes a new format that is an option. So. The thing I like about that is the soft reset. Because, like, yeah, you, you're kind of, like, running away with the victory. Like, I think like, you're running away. But with this, it's like, even if you were running away with it, now this is a complete reset. So everybody's on the same playing field now, but it is kind of like a little bit of a continuation where we can get different victory types and we can see these modern era units and nukes, nukes. Uh, essentially. So like that, like when you when you said that the con- game conti- it's like a, it continues from that era, that piqued my interest. I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, I like this. I'm like, then we can get to other victory types and we can get to these modern era units. You can use these modern era civs, and like I think that's probably the best part about this idea that you came up with so i'm excited you. i'm excited i don't do much but i applaud you for this idea <laughs> this is high high praise <laughs> oh my goodness i need to uh, get that just a uh, gif or uh, gifted yeah so uh other plans we have for season two um i didn't actually run this by you guys so my bad but Go for uh, other it. plans we have for season we talked about it other plans we have for season two we plan to keep track of the score and victory types that each player has won uh, as well as individual stats for example how many settlers have you lost how many cities have you burned how many quotes from the simpsons can you quote in a particular session these are the type of stats that we're going to keep track of and we will be showcasing on each and every show during the introductions of the civilizations it's what do you all, guys feel about that it's one? all part <laughs> of our larger plan to eventually create civ show action cards okay yes. we're complete yes. with stats and all that <laughs> stuff and maybe it'll be part of like the patreon is you'll get one of these special cards every month that's got the full stats of uh of, oh of the players God. yeah hey hey you gotta <laughs> no i like the idea um especially of just keeping track of uh victory uh conditions how, how many victories you won and i just think even a simple point score that just gets bigger and bigger so just every every game we add the point score and it'll get bigger 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 and that's just your 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 civ score to date yeah, your cumulative so by the end score. of the season it would be yeah your cumulative score would be like you know 150,000 or something like that 
Um, I think and we can have it mean something so that the, the gap of your, your victory matters. So it can be like yeah. near the end of the season, you get to choose what the finale does or something like that. Ooh, Ooh, that'd be good. That'd See be good. all of these things is a simple thing stacked up, create something beautiful. That's a great idea. Uh, but it's stuff like that. We want to do more stuff like, uh, like that, having some continuation, um, we're going to, I think, explore other game types, right? Like, uh, possibly it's even possible. scenarios. I think, well, I think victors need to start really thinking about, uh, game conditions. Oh, if I, um, if, if I ever end up winning a game, like ever, um, I already have a bunch of ideas <laughs> in my, in my noggin here for game types. Trust me. Don't worry about it. Uh, the one, the one I'm looking forward to, I'm calling it uh, community surfs. Okay. And, uh, it's where each of us gets a surf. Okay. From the community and, uh, they're an ally to us, but it would be just like when we did our last game. Uh, so it'd be, you know, Zoe gets, gets, uh, random. copper cutters or yeah, yeah, random ally. And each of us has, a, and it's still three V three, three teams versus three teams, but we each have a team of two and the community, um, surfs. You know, they're text, uh, they're, they're basically fancy AIs, cunning AIs, uh, so they wouldn't be uh, featured One talking, that you can actually control but, and say, like, hey, stop building boats and lakes. Yeah, know? yeah, but there, will be, <laughs> there would be interaction. So sort of what we did with our special show a couple weeks ago. That, that game <laughs> yeah. made me so angry because that, that was probably the game I would have been able to win, right? So if people who don't know, earlier on we had, we, we used to play with a computer and we stopped doing that because the computer, like, a, at the beginning, kind of embarrassingly like kicked our butts a bunch of times. But um, we played one game where we each got a computer player. So I was Peter uh, of Russia, and I got Norway as my ally. So just as an aside, <laughs> Zoe's ally nearly won the game by himself. Like He did. Right? Greece. <laughs> um, my ally, um, when we got to the Renaissance era, Norway. had four cities. The biggest population of the city was four. He was Norway. He built his cities on lakes, not on the ocean. And he built Viking longboats the entire time. He was completely <laughs> useless. And I was, besides the ally, um, the Greeks, who was Zoe's ally, I was the next best civilization in that game, right? Like I, I was actually yeah, like Russia. Yeah. I had like massive production in all of my, um, my cities. I had like basically the entire like Eastern half of the map or the Western half of the map. And, and so, yeah, that... That game, I was a little sour after that game because I was like, if it wasn't for Norway, I would have, I would have, I would have won. But okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we're gonna have better themed games, I think, for the next season. Uh, reason being is also we're not limited to just playing like unique civs. I think I think now we're, we're gonna focus more on the themes and like mainly, uh, if we repeat a civ, that's fine because we've already played throughout all of them once but we'll definitely still play through all of them in season two but we won't be afraid to have duplicate sieves in the next season I, i'd like to see us do the equivalent of like a sieve bingo card where each of us is just trying to over time be each sieve um you know that would be cool um i definitely like mixing some games in with community members we talked about uh, us versus them where it's uh, like the three of us as allies against a bunch of community members. Um, that could be fun. Um, so uh, we're also very open. If you have an idea for a game type you'd like to see, uh, you know, let us know. Um, we like we bounced them off you guys as well. Like the other one, I think the other week I suggested the uh, one city challenge where you can't build any settlers. 
um, you know, stuff like that. I, th- I think that'd be a fun game, so man. Sh- I think that'd be so a fun strange. game. It'd be so strange. I know, but that's this what we're doing. We're trying uh, yeah, mixing stuff up. It, I mean, it ends in a night, right? So. And then a, a couple <laughs> other announcements we had for our, so we're here on the streaming, but then we also have our YouTube, right? So that's going to have what? some changes in season two now. Yeah, we have videos planned on our YouTube. Oh, I'm so excited about this. You have no idea. Oh my gosh. So we have, I don't know if you guys are ready to like reveal the, the ideas that we have. Is that cool? Yeah, hand up. Go for it. I'm cool with it. Yeah, I can talk about it. mine and then you can talk about yours. That's fine. Go. Yeah. So um, each, uh, Moy and I both have videos lined up. So um, for my video, I'm going to be doing a uh, new segment called uh, Better Know a Leader. So I'm going to be more of the history guy and I'm going to be doing videos on different the different leaders that we have in Civilization Six. And so there'll be little short videos of um, the leader themselves so you can know them better like oh not just the guy from Canada you can have a little bit more background information on them and stuff like that it can be short videos about 10 minutes long um, and the first one is going to come out probably sometime next week yeah and we I have already I have already recorded and got approval from these two guys got approval for a video called the fist the fist the first 50 turns it's going to take you through the first 50 turns of a standard speed game and the thought process that goes through uh one of our heads as we're playing the game it's it's a little bit medium in length about 15 to 20 minutes and that is going to be uh hopefully uh, kind of this next YouTube adventure that we take. So we're going to have a lot of different content on a lot of different platforms for you guys. You can get content anywhere on demand. You can get it on YouTube with these new videos of history and tutorials and explanations and all of these video ideas that we have. We're, you're going to get these podcasts on Spotify as well if you want to listen to our soothing voices over the 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 I lost where I was going with that. I would have been good, but let's pretend it was a good one. Uh, and then you can also have uh, I'm very have moist. Live. Yeah, thank you. Moist, get it? You're also gonna be we're gonna be live on Twitch, and we're gonna have the the classic Civ show as well. So you can find us on so many different platforms in season two, and it's going to be fantastic. Uh, guys, gentlemen, Stagnus and Zoe, is there anything that you would want to say to wrap up? season one of the sip show uh only that uh you didn't let me tell you about my shows uh that i'm i'm I'm, i've got this amazing it's going to be a review show uh all about uh the first 50 turns and better known civ uh, leaders and uh i'm I'm gonna watch these videos and give my own commentary on reaction and uh (laughs) i should i think i might (laughs) i think i might uh i honestly um I I I I am going to probably do my own take on like 50 first turns. I think all three of us should. It's cuz it's a very cool uh concept. Um but I'm also very excited about this idea of critiquing critiquing Moyes. I think that's a I think that's a solid win. <laughs> <laughs> why not? It's like there's reaction videos all over YouTube. Reaction right now. videos, why not, yeah. right? Yeah, why not? And for my segment, um, I already have the first one kind of picked out and everything. Um, but if you join our Discord and everything, people can tell me who they want to see next um, for the the series as it progresses. So just let me know. Okay, I've already got the first guy picked out, but um, um, just let me know who, if you join our Discord. You can let me know which one you want to do next. All right. I I like that idea so much that 
I think that's a great idea for a show. If you want to see one of us play a sieve, just let us know, and yeah, we'll, we'll record it for you and, and send it your way. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to you, no, no, just to, to nobody you. else. It's going to be a special request. To you. <laughs> It'll be so, so special. Yeah, and uh, I think from all of us uh, here at the Civ Show, uh, we would like to thank every member of this community who's ever stumbled upon us on the journey of season one if whether you uh, lurked in our stream if you followed us if you're in our discord if you liked any of our tweets even uh, we would just like to thank you for being on this journey i i didn't think we would grow at this rate uh for season one i didn't think we'd have 100 followers i didn't think we would have uh, this kind of growth i mean honestly when you think of civilization you think of small community but this community has continued to prove me wrong and grow at a faster pace than I would have originally thought. So if you've ever, you know, did anything to like support us in any way, I want to deeply thank you. Um, it's been a journey. Season one has been a journey. There's been so many ups, uh, so many ups, not a lot of downs, which is awesome, but a lot of ups. And oh, I've had I, some downs. <laughs> I've had some, Losing I've had sucks. Some, Losing I've sucks. had some soul wrenching, <laughs> and then I have to listen to Moy for 10 minutes straight. Oh, 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 don't, don't melting away. Listen here, buddy. <laughs> Listen here. Our, our rivalry has gotten real interesting, by the way. Uh, hey, <laughs> you know, I also give us, I want to give a shout out to uh, Vector Cat and Copper Cutter uh, for uh, the time they gave us uh, the other week. That was a lot of fun. I think that opened us up to some new avenues and uh, just a, a general uh fun inter interchange with uh community members uh, exchange with community members uh in the the best way possible which is playing Civ. so uh shout out to both of you yeah okay with um that being said i think it's time for us to officially wrap up season one of the Civ show and so from all of us here again we thank you for being a part of season one but we cannot wait for season two so that's it. We're done. That's good job, everybody. <laughs> good job. Good job, Nystagnus. Just so everyone knows, season two officially starts July 19th. Thank you for that. Yeah, it officially starts July 19th. We'll be here on the Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern for the Civ Show for the King of the Hill. Who is Moisas and Nystagnus going to pick? to try and take Zozo and Canada I'm off so, the throne. Th this is such an advantage for you guys because you know you're starting the industrial era, so you're going to be like looking at civs that that matters for. But oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. They, I'm looking forward to it as well. So I was originally going to pick Macedonia, by the way, but I, I think I scrapped that one. Yeah. If we were going to start in the ancient era, I was going to pick Macedonia. But mm. I, uh, I'm now rethinking that because industrial era is past their prime. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not going to bother. Um, Anyway, you can follow us on all of our social medias. We're going to scrap Facebook from at this point, whatever. So you can follow us on <laughs> Twitter, uh, at The Civ Show. You can follow us on YouTube as well. And Instagram, Spotify, at The Civ Show. Okay. And we'll see, you, we'll see you two weeks from now. Uh, stay safe, everybody. And uh, yeah. we'll see you then. Have a good one, guys. Raising Zozo out. See you in two weeks, guys. Yeah,